Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating life changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. We're living in a definite information overload age where you can do anything basically, type it into Google and get an answer right away. But what if it's not more information that we're actually craving? What if it's something deeper than that? Let's cover this today on the podcast. So in January, a couple of weeks ago, I actually sat an exam for the first time in 16 years. I think I've mentioned it on last week's podcast as well. But this exam was something I hadn't planned to sit. Um, It was only something I started studying for probably about six weeks before it because I became aware that I wanted to do it. And it was actually a wealth qualification. So to give you background, my degree was in electronic engineering. I'm a robotics engineer. That's what I did. That was my passion. And then I went straight into IT sales pretty much the whole of my career until last year managing large companies and things like that. And so exams, professional exams, was never something that I encountered. And so once I did my degree, that was me. I thought that was kind of <laughs> my lot finished in life. But as I say, in our life, what had happened was in December, a path opened up that sounded like a really exciting thing to do and try. Um, it's part of investment management, actually. And for it, I needed a particular qualification, a professional qualification. So picked up the book, picked up the study guides. And the best way to describe it, if you're watching this, I'm kind of trying to use my hands here. It literally was 400 pages of dense knowledge about investments, how to manage them, different processes. Um, it would. I think the best person would find it a little bit dry because it was very graph-based and knowledge-based and you just literally had to memorise phrases and definitions and things like that. Yeah, so I noticed with the kind of information you were trying to take in that it definitely wasn't the sort of thing that I find easy. <laughs> no. So it is just facts and information and knowledge that you have to take in absorb and have your head recite it as part of the exam at the right time so unlike the type of things that i like to do which is more um, applied knowledge and Mm. applied information and understanding things through experimentation and through practice and through practical work yes yeah this there was nothing you could do apart from read the stuff yeah. And then just hope that enough of it went in <laughs> that you could actually pass the exam, exactly. which you did. Well, oh, you've given you've given a spoiler. Well, that's it. Spoiler. It's done. <laughs> no, I, so during the month leading up, so I, I decided. Right, you know, we talk about on this podcast, we set miracles rather than goals. I decided, and I said to you in the first week of January, looking over the material. I am going to set a date when I'm going to sit this exam. I had to go in, I had to be vigilated. I wasn't allowed anything on me, multiple choice. I'm going to set a date for this exam that will seem like a miracle if I pass. And I set it for the end of January. So it gave me four weeks from when I decided to sit the exam to actually make it happen. Now, How long is it supposed to take? It's meant to take three months. <laughs> and I think, too, and this isn't our introductory certificate as well it's actually like kind of a a general maybe you've been working in finance you know you've got the basics locked down right so I I actually think I had that as my background benefit that I I wasn't coming from completely nothing like I knew enough about because we've been we've been talking about investments we invest I know the general terms but this was so much more detail and actually when I set that goal well that miracle date do you know why as well this will give you insight in how I work I knew that when I had a date that I needed to have a, have finished or attempt to set this exam, 
it would make me work harder. Well, I also think that a lot of times we set goals or we set dates for things, mm. but you don't generally get started until <laughs> things start to eat the crunch. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people, when they were younger and they were in school, when homework was due, normally, especially if you had multiple weeks to do it, Normally it was a day or two before that you did it anyway. <laughs> so these multiple weeks of time actually mm. didn't serve you any benefit at all. Now, what I noticed about the stuff that you were doing mm. was, first of all, it was a multiple choice exam. Yes. So in theory, you think to yourself, okay, well, that's easier. You know, two of the answers are going to be ones which are obviously wrong. Yes. And then you got a 50-50 Two that are going to be similar, yeah. But actually, when I looked at some of the exams you were doing, all four seem to be equally as <laughs> right as any other if you don't yeah, know anything yeah. and it was it, it wasn't like you could go in with educated guesses mm. it was very specific yep, yeah about the the text that you had and very specific that you had to have understood and absorbed the information because it i, I think that you went through and did an exam um, mock-up yes, yep. early on. Yep. And you didn't perform that well. No. And I think that if I'd gone into it, it would have been probably, I, I reckon that maybe 10% of them, yep. I could have guessed the answers safely. And the other 90%, it would be a complete shot in the dark. <laughs> so that to, to give it a good framing, it mm. was a real challenge. There was a lot of information yeah, yeah. that you had to take in. Mm. So... It, although you have some knowledge of um, financial stuff because you've been working in that and, and investigating that for our own purposes mm. over the course of time, it was far and away, a, a long way from where we've been and yeah. what we've done. Yeah. So I think you don't give yourself enough credit oh. <laughs> for how much information you actually needed to take in. Well, the flip side as well was it wasn't just knowledge-based it was also, there was wisdom, there was practical elements as well. So some of it was equations and things like that. Now, actually, interesting enough, because of the time frame, I struggled with the applying equation stuff. And I'll, I'll, that's what kind of led me to, to cover this podcast. But what I really found interesting was the couple of techniques that I put in place to block learning the knowledge. Because literally, so my brain works with, I am definitely image based and hearing based okay so I know my strengths and so for me Matt can testify the textbook had highlights of all the key points so that was one strategy I read it and I went through and I tried to visualize how things looked and tried to understand it that way equations I just was block learning the equations as best as I could and then you know doing some exercises the next thing I did was I actually downloaded the book as an audio file so for a couple of weeks before as well, I started to listen in the car and listen. I was traveling to London and back. I listened to on those journeys. Didn't you download some app that converted exactly, PDF yep, to, to, text to, to audio? Yeah, to audio as well. So I did that because for me, if I can hear it, I'm going to take it in a different way. And there's a couple of things that stuck in my brain. I can remember driving and hearing certain words and things like that. So again, I learned that way. Then the, the final way that I did was I practiced exams. I sat and I did, I got as many revision notes and mock exams as I could. And so I think I sat about 10 or 15 mock exams. And I, I knew the answers eventually. But what I will, there's a subplot here. The pass mark was 70%. So I am used to pass marks being 50%. So already the bar was really high. So long story short, I'm telling you this story because I think it leads in beautifully, a real life example to what we're going to cover. The long story of that was, for that particular case, I just needed to know knowledge. 
I just needed to know the right answers at the right time for that multiple choice. And it led me to really go down this path about, you know, we're gaining so much new information constantly information overload you can crave it you can get it within seconds but the practical and the wisdom side well that's a completely different you know kettle of fish and the wisdom is actually probably the thing that we are craving really more of in our life so wisdom and knowledge we're going to cover that in this podcast a little bit deeper for you so there's big differences between knowledge and wisdom Mm. so knowledge is easy I mean, it's it's difficult to absorb as you did when you're studying. Yeah, having the right kind of feed into your head and having it stick is a challenge. And actually, I think that's one of the key differences between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom mm. happens to stick better. Yes, but knowledge you can get from anywhere. So since Wikipedia and the internet's been around, <laughs> you can learn about anything at any time. You go on to Google, you type in what you want, or you go to a Wikipedia page, and you can have all the knowledge you want. And then you can mm. go to different forums. And you can see people discussing various elements of knowledge. So knowledge comes for free Mm, in many ways. That's good. It's so readily available. Most of the time, it's not particularly useful. We learn, I think there's that saying that you're always learning something new every day or whatever it is. But but what you're learning half the time is pointless and garbage. Especially if you spend a lot of time on Instagram, you're (laughs) learning that this person went here or this person wore that today or they had this for lunch. So this is all knowledge, but it's actually a lot of time not useful to you. Mm. So unless you're actually thinking about what knowledge you want and apply to a certain scenario, Mm. so a certain output that you're looking for, so whether that's a qualification or um, skills in particular areas, then knowledge, a lot of time, it's just it keeps coming in and it's available so easily. And oftentimes you'll find that knowledge doesn't really stick. It sticks for the short term that you might need it, Mm. but then it's gone later. So as much as it's it's great to gain knowledge, especially if you want to be a quiz show person, then (laughs) as much knowledge as you can get is really useful. But in real terms, knowledge is actually quite weak, I Mm, find. That's good. Yep, yep. So the flip side being wisdom. And this is what I want to really stress to you in this podcast today we focus on prosperity and i think this is your secret secret sauce that will give you the edge in everything and it's honing in on your wisdom and also wisdom from others that should be the role models in your life or that deserve that that prestige for you to look up to them wisdom is only gained through action, struggle, life experience. It's the afterthought. There's a fantastic phrase that says, you know, life, we live it forward, but we actually gain wisdom from it looking backwards. Okay, so we constantly think that everything's move, move, move. But I know sitting here that if, you know, if Jennifer two years ago could be here, I I would then say, okay, remember that event's going to happen, but actually that's going to mean that you're going to speak to that person and that's going to mean that you're going to be able to do this and that's going to... And and so Jennifer, two years ago, we'd probably have a lot more peace and a lot more calmness and a lot more, you know, of these, of that kind of sense of purpose and, and not worrying as much about what's ahead. And 
I read and devour books like there's no tomorrow, right? That is one of my absolute favorite things. There's only a, a couple of favorite things in life. I'm a bit of an introvert. I love to read. I love to read um, non-fiction in particular. I can't read fiction. I don't get any enjoyment from it. But I love to read other people's life stories. I love to hear their wisdom. Um, you know, you'll sit and see me read my scriptures every day and things like that as well. The other thing that I really love is music. So I love, love, love dancing around to good music. I love K-pop, don't I? As well. You do a little <laughs> and bit, things yep. like that. But I love, you know, I'm on my Peloton bike. Oh, it's not a Peloton, it's a, you know, it's our own made one, shift one. But I love cycling to music, dancing to music. And I have noticed that I started a personal development journey probably six years ago, probably when Sam was just born, um, because I wanted to change how we were doing things. And so for me, I hadn't been a big reader pretty much all my life before that but that moment when I wanted to find out different ways of doing life like life just felt like this can't this can't be the only way to do it there must be something you know you must be able to create money or start businesses like other people can do it and so I I really went down this big rabbit hole on Amazon that every single book it was like whoa where does this world come from of just knowledge and and people sharing you know their best wisdom and what to do and everything like that you're talking about it like this book thing was in the past It's, it's not. The the Amazon man <laughs> visits quite frequently. I don't know what you're talking and about. And you tell me. So even yesterday, you said that there's no more books at the moment. I've got loads to read. And then what happened yesterday, Jennifer? I, I, some books got delivered. Anyway, this is not a marriage session. Um, I love books. I love books. Um, but what I realized was that started the journey the books, I just kept feeling that there was an endless cycle of books, but I wasn't really getting anything that I could really apply or felt that I could apply. And now looking back to the difference of books that I read, I feel that there's been a shift in actually it's people's life experiences with wisdom and truth in them as well. So I felt this massive shift and I realise that the more I read, more I read even just personal development books, there's a core couple of things that are just fundamental that people have just taken different concepts and given it a new name and there's just this really nice woven through fundamental truths and that's what I would call wisdom that knowledge is that constant kind of oh I'm going to give it this name oh this is the thing this is the the, the Kempson process or you know the Kempson method of cooking your food or writing a book or whatever but actually there's the fundamentals underneath it there's the starting to do something the process the wisdom that comes along with it and what I notice about wisdom is that it really sets a foundation for how you mm. absorb knowledge yes so for you when you started to read a few of the books especially early on you read them, mm. and for some of them, you walked away with very little. Yep, yep. But then when you read them a year or two down the line, once you gained experience yes. and you gained wisdom, then you read them again, and then the information went in in a different way. You mm. had a different context to yes. it, so you could actually do something different. And the way I see wisdom and knowledge as different things, and I mentioned like knowledge is 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 free, it's easy. Yes. It's you, you it's don't like really the fast it. food. It's, it's the fast it's, food yeah, of fast information. Food. Wisdom, you, wisdom you have to earn. Mm, mm. You have to earn wisdom. It doesn't come for free. It doesn't come instantly. And it often comes from having challenges and good and not necessarily a smooth process. Wisdom is that kind of stuff that kind of works its way into the cracks of mm. your world. 
and happens through the good and bad and you come out of it and as you said it's looking backwards mm. and that's where you gain that kind of information from that experience but you can't even reading someone else's wisdom it, it for anybody that hasn't lived it or experienced it or can resonate with it mm. it is just information someone else's wisdom is just information mm. until you've earned that wisdom for yourself until okay. you've gone through your own process and your own journey so absolutely knowledge in whatever format it takes can shape what you can do moving forwards and mm -hmm. how armed you are and how ready you are to approach something in a better way mm -hmm. but wisdom is the only thing that actually allows you to to really know it deep within mm -hmm. we covered on the last podcast about confidence versus courage yes, and i yes. talked about bungee jumps yep. and the fact that it takes courage to do the bungee jump even though you have the confidence mm. that it's going to be okay and i see wisdom in the same kind of way like knowledge is that that piece that says everything's going to be okay you know how it works you know the science of it whereas the wisdom is the piece that allows you, you've got to earn it, you've got to mm. go and do that jump for the first time to gain the wisdom that it's okay. Wisdom okay. and confidence, yeah. I think, come together. And the same as when you're looking at investing and things like that. People that have been investing for a while seem like they're wise mm. in the realms of investing and they don't seem to need to research as much or think as much, or at least it doesn't look that yeah. way. Okay, okay, they have the wisdom cool. to know where to go, what to do to make it happen. Whereas when you're first starting something, you're reading lots of examples and lots of things, mm. but you're hoping that that information is right. And what you'll find is the less wisdom you have in a particular area, mm. the more you're likely to research and claw at that information okay. yep. to arm you to be ready to do the things you want to do. Yep. Okay, cool. I love that perspective. I think that's wisdom that is personal. I would also say, I'm going to give you a couple of definitions. I would also say that wisdom can be learned from others. Because if you think about it, we've learned from our ancestors about, you know, how to avoid saber-toothed tigers and not to jump off cliffs. Yeah, I don't, don't need don't to do have... that. I don't need to do that to know that. I don't want to do we it. Don't, I've, I've <laughs> not had any incidents with saber-toothed tigers. <laughs> so that wisdom has definitely carried through. <laughs> but, you know, we know that fire's hot. I've never put my hand in a, an oven or on a flame, but I've been told and I'm going to take that as truth. And so I'm going to take, I think that's great insight for wisdom on a personal level, Matt. Here's the wisdom also for, that we can learn wisdom from others. So wisdom is defined as a state of being wise. And it was really interesting you said that word actually when you were kind of leading into this. It's having the power of discernment. And it's basically judging between what's true and what's not true. Okay, so that's what wisdom definition. And wisdom is kind of like knowledge, but with a healthy dose of that judgment, that discernment, or identifying that is truth. That is something that will lead to better things, better you know actions, better way of living. And I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head. We just said it was like the McDonald's of fast food is like knowledge. Anyone can give you knowledge. Knowledge is simply just information about a topic. Well, you don't even know whether it's true as well. That's exactly, the thing about knowledge. Exactly. You get information in mm. or you seek something. Yes. But you don't know how accurate that information is. If exactly. you're looking how to, the best way to build a table, mm -hmm. for example, you can look online and you can find something. Mm. But that information, that knowledge that you take in, might not end up with a table that actually stands up exactly. and you can serve a meal on. Absolutely, absolutely. Preach, Matthew, preach. <laughs> so wisdom, and this is what I'm going to kind of convey to you today, is about you developing discernment. 
because then you are able to take that knowledge, those lessons that somebody else has learned or what you're reading, and you're able to apply it with knowing if this is true or not. What's the benefit in your life? And I'm going to ask you a question. Is the order of learning always then knowledge, wisdom, and then action? Okay, can you kind of jump steps if you like? And I think for me, wisdom is that unique feeling of clarity over this is able to be something that I know will bring good fruits in my life. Kind of like, is this piece of knowledge when I apply, you know, when I look for wisdom in it, is this piece of knowledge almost like a map? that I know where it's going to take me. I can be confident where it's going to take me. And I, I was thinking back, you know, wisdom of being a parent. When you are a new parent, um, I, I find this the hardest bit, right? So you obviously you've got your pregnancy, you go to all your different things. I was actually shocked how little <laughs> information they give you once you have this new human being so they have all these classes and you can go to different seminars and books you can read about prepping for a baby that baby's born and I can distinctly re remember my first c-section it was kind of like okay is nobody going to show me what to do with this thing like when do I feed it when do I change it what do I do with this thing and I it just felt like nobody was there to give you wisdom or insight or anything you were you were kind of there to figure it out first of all you got to keep them alive that's a basic essential thing I've got to keep this baby alive but I actually realized that the wisdom for parents you know how everyone always loves to say their wisdom oh when you're a new parent make sure you sleep when baby sleeps make sure you shower when you know get your husband to have a shower you know get your wife to and you think yeah that's really great wisdom but you know full well in the moment <laughs> You did not have that insight. It's always thought back. And when you're being a parent, I think that's the ideal time that you learn how wisdom is pretty much only learned as you're going through and then the things that you wish you'd done better. Like I think about, we're, you know, raising two boys in this household and I know I'm making it up as I go along. Like I'm totally just hoping that I'm not screwing them up too badly. I hope I'm giving them good things in life. And I think that's how a lot of life situations, I think this is what you were touching upon, that it's okay to have that experience, but then go actually today, tomorrow, I'm going to take the what I've learned and I'm going to apply this to it as well. And that's why I think that wisdom often follows the action. Mm. It's the learnings after the fact yes, that yes. generate and convert into wisdom. So as you mentioned, like when you're a new parent, everyone's got an opinion about what you should or shouldn't do and <laughs> how you should Don't do things. And this worked for me, that worked for me. But the problem you've got is that it worked for these people in their life setup, mm. in their tiredness patterns and their body weight mindset and everything else that happens and each person is different yes. you might not be ready to sleep when baby's sleeping you might be all hyped up and just excited that you get a bit of peace for a minute <laughs> so taking someone else's wisdom and this is my point about like when other people give you wisdom through their own learned knowledge mm. wisdom actually i think is very personal mm. it's so personal that someone else's wisdom you might not be able to apply because either your scenarios are different or because you haven't gone through enough of the journey to be able to pick up on it. Mm. And what you'll often find is when you have something like a newborn, everyone else is trying to give you their wisdom. You aren't in a position to take it in because you haven't gone down that path far enough to understand it. Yeah. But what happens is once you're maybe a month down the line, 
you realize that some of that wisdom that people have been giving you, you've actually applied yourself yes, without remembering yes. it. And you look at it and you say, oh, actually, I'm doing that now. Mm. But you couldn't see it at first. So wisdom is one of those things that it's, it's like building a wall. You kind of need to keep building up these layers and you can't jump five layers up mm. and feel like you've gained that wisdom from someone else's experience at that level it's just knowledge yes yes and yep. you can't do anything with it so someone else's wisdom can be your knowledge if you're too far away from it you need to be close enough mm. to that mm. level where then you can take it in yes and yes. you can resonate with it and you can identify it enough that you can see it as the wisdom it truly is yep. Otherwise, it's just information. I like that. I want me, I'm kind of hearing from you, correct me if I'm wrong. It's almost like you need a testimony. The wisdom that's truly of value to you is actually the thing that you've been close enough to live almost through it and see that knowledge as yeah. being beneficial. Like, I'll get you have to be on the other side of the door. Yes. You, you can't yes. be um, like half a town away. You can't be even half a building away. Mm. It needs to be on the other side of the door that you're at for someone else's wisdom to be something that you can absorb and almost get for free yes you can't yeah. shortcut the journey that's why i mentioned earlier it needs to be earned you need to walk through all of these doors to get to the various levels of wisdom that you need over the course mm. of time and you can't jump five doors ahead because you can't see that there is no path to yeah, it it's, it's just right information now. absolutely that's excellent i was thinking about times where i've also had wisdom directly to me personally that I know has been truth after the moment so I was thinking about and I still apply it today I was born with a lot of passion but I was I call it that I've got the gift of the gab right so equally it works in my favor and also sometimes I have to I have to bridle what I'm going to say so it gives me a blessing that I can talk in front of cameras I can talk to anyone about anything I love talking to people but equally when maybe somebody comes towards me looking maybe with a, a counter argument or a counter opinion about maybe something I'm doing or involved in. Uh, this is one area that I have had to learn that I need to not, not talk with madmen, as they say. <laughs> okay. And I can remember a very distinct time where I feel like I got wisdom also directly for the moment that I'm glad I honoured. Um, I've talked about on this podcast and the YouTube channel, there was, a, you know, I was in hospital for three weeks with a mental breakdown. As part of that process, I had um, a, a council of people. It was a, a legal tribunal because I was basically, I was getting out. I was, you know, with a lawyer to get out and I was up against the hospital who wanted to keep me there. And to describe the scene, there was three people who were independent to the hospital, independent to be me and my lawyer, who were basically judging the situation. The hospital and their specialist wanted to keep me in, and then my lawyer and me were obviously wanting me out. We believed that we should, I should be out, and there was various points in that conversation where you know we're each giving opinions. I'm being asked questions. There have been nursing staff and things that have been asked questions. There was times where things were said about me that were categorically not true, like categorically lies. Never said them, don't recall saying them, don't even know why somebody would say that about me other than wanting to damage or, you know, put it in their favour. And I just, and in those moments, the default Jennifer, if somebody said something about you or the kids or, you know, that wasn't true, they would know about it, right? <laughs> I would really struggle. I would struggle to hold my tongue. In that moment, I heard very clearly, you need to be quiet. Do not 
say anything. Okay, and I'm like, <laughs> I really want, I really want to say something. And it took all my strength to just listen. Well, you know, and in that moment, it was like, okay, they're going to, they're wanting to say the worst again and say whatever, you know, they believe is truth, they're going to say it might not be true or whatever. Jennifer, you need to not say anything. And actually what happened was that I ended up, they awarded it in my favour. Now, I'm not saying that if I had spoken out, it wouldn't have been awarded in that way. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is I very strongly went against what I believed was my kind of default setting and I took wisdom in that moment. And I believe that was one of the key things that there's sometimes in my life where I've had that direct wisdom of how to act and I've honoured it. And it's now looking back that I go, well, actually, I'm really thankful that I didn't do the, my default setting. I didn't do the opposite. And so when we're talking about this podcast, we're talking about wisdom. I'm wanting to give you a little bit of insight on how to develop this skill within you. Because I do actually believe discernment ties in with wisdom and you need to learn it like again like I was talking about there I, I heard this inspiration and I acted on it I had to recognize that that was in my favor that that was kind of it was wisdom it was truth for me so I want to give you some ways that I know will greatly help you so that you can have this insight as well so how can we gain wisdom and discernment over the knowledge that we are getting so that you can read something, you can take something in, completely knowledge, that surface level, but then you can apply discernment to know if it's wisdom, actual truth that is right for you or that you should be listening to. Well, I'm going to be very honest. It's basically a spiritual gift. It's a, it's not physical. It's not like built on, you know, how many muscles Matt or I have. It's completely within your spirit, within your soul and your prosperity. And it's only when you start to realise that it's not maybe through the normal confines of our understanding. Nobody can teach you this. What I can do, I can give you suggestions that you can work with. But it's very similar to when we think about knowledge. It's really about being aware of the knowledge that we have, that we've been given, understanding where that knowledge has come from, understanding maybe the person, the background, everything like that, and also understanding the actions that they've taken. And discernment is that skill that is focusing on the reflection of whether it adds actually values to our life that we support and also the principles as well. So the first thing I would say is, if you wanted to grow in wisdom, over the knowledge that you've got access to in your life, you have to start with truth. And so for me, I the best thing I can say to you is you need to look for something steady that you know is going to give you truth in your life. So for me, I always think of like, what are the best books? What are the best people that I can listen to for the timeless, ageless principles? So we're talking about values. It's not just you know, the latest Facebook marketing strategy. We're talking about what is the underlying, well, the underlying thing is serving people and serving them well and with a heart, okay? So for example, if I pick up the latest book on investing, do I really believe that they've developed something new and phenomenal? No, it's actually, there'll be underlying values and principles about, you know, you, you invest consistently, you try not to pick individuals, you try and, you know, do the whole market. And there's going to be fundamental things about wealth. And the fundamental thing, if we're talking about money wisdom, is does how you're managing your money, do you end up with more money at the end of the day compared to what you spend out the door? That's, it's, it's the same as weight loss, right? It's that equation. Do you make more than you spend? Boom, you're going to grow wealthy. Everything else is just the icing on top. And so start 
looking for something that you can create as your backbone with wisdom. The thing about gaining wisdom from books is, as you mentioned, a lot of books on particular topics are largely the same. So if you look for a weight loss book, it's pretty much going to put you in a calorie deficit. But what you eat and how it guides you and how many Mm. meals a day or how long you starve yourself for will vary. But the outputs are, although they're different, they're achieving the same goal. Mm. So you'll find with a lot of things that you're tackling the same subject in the same way, but just with a different pattern on it, basically. Yes. So the best thing you can do, in my eyes at least, is try to find an individual or a method that you feel like you can resonate with most mm. that works for you and then that you can feel like you're on the other side of the door to so that wisdom can come in and you're actually able to absorb it. So if you are a meat eater and you love eating meat, then you wouldn't go to a vegetarian diet book and feel like you can succeed straight away. Right. Instead, yep. you should go to something that's close to what you do, that's going to guide you in a particular way. And then you should be able to see the wisdom in it And then be able to absorb that wisdom and hopefully follow that wisdom for results. Mm. And the same comes with investing or anything else. You've got to find areas where it's close enough to you that you can resonate to it and you can feel like you're nearly there. And you just need that little bit of life experience that you haven't earned yourself Mm. that someone else has that you can take in and you can take as truth and as possible and as achievable. Mm. And then you absorb that and then you go on to actually prove that you were right. Yep. And it is the things that are the timeless principles. So for me and my journey, and I'm totally fine with sharing this on the podcast, podcast and things, I've lived in time periods of my life where I haven't had, you know, studied my scriptures and things like that. I keep coming back to those fundamentals. So I will start the day with reading what I see as a good grounding of truth that is timeless. It's been around for thousands of years. It seems to be, you know, doing great things. And I see the ripple effect in my life. I start from there. I keep my grounding in truth because then whatever else I come about in the world, Instagram, Facebook, emails, whatever, I can then offset it on what is truth. So if if maybe that particular book or that particular faith isn't for you or doesn't appeal to you, then equally look for something that you know can be that rock bed in your life. Um, I always think, you know, you, you judge anything by its fruits. So if you find something that's truth for you, what are the fruits of it? Like, what is that seed of truth then allowing you to do in your life? And if it doesn't bear good fruits, then it's probably not the right thing for you. And that leads me into the next thing. So if you start with getting that rock bed of wisdom into your life on a daily basis, then I want you to start to understand that you, your own particular insight can be truth as well. And a great way that I've been really, you know, honing in on what's truth and what's not is, your thoughts are not automatically truth. We think they are, right? We believe that we think absolutely clearly how the world works. Every thought that comes into our head is absolute truth. This is how I work out what's truth and what's not. When I have a thought or a feeling, the emotions off the back of that, if they make me feel great or hopeful or excited or, you know, I'm, I just can't wait to see that come to pass. If they lift me up, if they make me feel of a higher vibration, if you want to call it, I know that that has to be linked to truth in some way. If it ends up being that they make me feel rubbish, they make me feel like I'm not good enough, they make me feel like I should quit, they make me feel anxious, worried, scared, all these emotions, 
right then I know that I'm being like kind of paralyzed and those aren't truth. There's something about the emotions within me that I know that can't be truth. Now it's then my decision of what to do with anything in that kind of negative sphere. I can then say, okay, well, that's not truth. This is what actually is truth. I can kind of lift myself out or I can say, well, you know what? I'm not going to accept that as truth in my life. I'm going to to look for something that I'll replace it that, that I know is going to come to pass. And I think I, you know, talking about, I know people talk about anxiety and I, I'm very thankful that we're now able to have these conversations as well about anxiety and stress and, you know, mental breakdowns and things like that. And we talk about that. This has always been one of the things that I've used in any recovery. It's realizing that the, any low thoughts that I have, I'm not stuck there. That that is just a thought that's coming in my head at that moment. And I do have a choice about what I can then believe is truth. It doesn't mean that the thought goes away. It means though, I don't need to accept it as being truth. And particularly when, you know, people might suffer from feeling anxious. When I felt anxious, and I'm not gonna speak for everyone, I felt anxious, I know that I can say to myself, okay, I'm feeling like that just now, I can recognize it, but very shortly it will pass. But very shortly I'll be able to, like recognizing that moment doesn't keep me stuck, if that makes sense. And what you'll find is that over the course of time, as your wisdom grows, as mm. you gain more life experience, that your boundaries can change yes. as far as yes. what things trigger emotions. So some things that maybe made you feel like they weren't good or uplifting, then do mm. at some point. So if you think about something as simple as money, yep. you think about your money situation if it's a bit of a challenge and the truth that you tell yourself about it don't make you feel uplifted necessarily. The way you feel, all the wisdom you can take in just doesn't feel positive because you can't apply it because you're so mm. far away. Whereas if you're able to put some focus on your money and you're able to become more comfortable with it and your relationship changes over the course of time, then what happens is that wisdom that maybe felt like it wasn't true, it made you feel bad, you know, why don't I have savings? Why aren't I looking forward to retiring early mm. or having anything at retirement? Once you're in a position where you can change that narrative for yourself, yes, then suddenly yes. these things do make you feel good and mm. uplifted and they feel more true. So wisdom, I think, is also important to understand that at any moment in time, you don't know everything. Mm, yes. That you aren't a solidly formed being that knows everything at the point in time and it's going to stay that way forever. Yes, and yes. actually your views and opinions, like you should want to be wrong. You should want, especially about the negative things in life, yes, about the things absolutely. that are challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should want to be wrong. What's the best should, that could happen? Exactly. You, yep. you should be, if your money isn't that good and your relationship is bad and you don't like looking at your bank account and you struggle, the way you feel about that, in my head, you should want to be wrong. Yeah. That, that is the way that life is. That that is how you're always going to feel. You should want that to be incorrect. If you don't like the way your body is, and you feel like every time you try to make a change to it, you just can't keep to it. Mm, mm. You want that story to be wrong, yes. I believe. So at some point, that story can be wrong. You just need to find the right wisdom and the right guidance to get you in the right place. So yes. I think that whole truth thing is and should be forever shifting. And today's thing that makes you feel bad can be tomorrow's thing that makes you feel great. Mm. And in the same way, the opposite can be true. Something that you thought was awesome today 
actually your knowledge and experience and wisdom can tell you that it really wasn't everything you thought it was yeah. later down the line. Yeah, and that leads into the final thing probably. It's taking courage. So with discernment and with you know finding the wisdom in your life, it's what we said last week. It's actually having the courage, first of all. And that's where you'll grow in confidence. So this discernment skill, knowing what's truth and what's not in your life, you're going to have to practice. It's a muscle, okay? You don't, you're not born with it. It is something you need to grow into. And it's kind of like, you know, I play the violin. And so when I was seven years old, somebody gave, I got selected at school and I played the violin. When I picked up that violin the first time, I can assure you it was not beautiful music. I did not hold the bow perfectly. I did not know how to do vibrato and all this kind of thing. I had to every day or every couple of days sit and practice. And I, I grew, I developed. And so that's what it'll be also with your life. This wisdom and knowing what is actually insight for you and knowledge that then with that added level of wisdom on top, this will be something you grow into. But equally, you need to have the courage to start believing that you have got the insight for your life. And I want to finish up with a really interesting, we'll say parable. I'm not sure strictly if it's true. I think it is completely true. But please bear with me if um, some of the pieces are maybe not strictly how it was, uh, how it played out. But this is a story that is is called the parable of the powerful men. And it's actually from 1923. So it's not not from the Bible, no. It's actually a a story that is told in a couple of very famous financial books. I think Rich Dad, Poor Dad mentions this story. And this is a 19... The story goes that it's the 1923, the meeting of the richest men in the world. So remember, women, we weren't allowed in the boardroom. But this, they basically had a meeting of all the richest men in the world. And the legend has it that in 1923, um, these were all the American, they met in a very famous hotel in Chicago. And attending that meeting were some of the most powerful men in terms of industry and the financial sectors and brokers as well. You had the president of America's largest steel company. You had the president of of America's largest utility company. You had the president of America's largest gas company. So we're really talking about all the major industries back then. The president of the New York Stock Exchange. The president of the Bank of International Settlements. The nation's greatest wheat speculator. So that was obviously involved in the kind of farming industry. The nation's greatest bear and speculator on Wall Street. So we had a couple of traders. The head of the world's greatest monopoly and a member of President Harding's cabinet. So we also had that influence of politics. Now, those men met in that meeting that day, but it's not what they discussed that day that's important here. It's the what we talked about, the looking back on that event when we go forward a couple of years. So within 25 years, here's the interesting thing. You could look at that meeting and see that those men in that boardroom had the most power in the world. They were, you know, America's great. They were certainly at the leading edge of technology back then. They also had the, the largest collection of wealth in that room compared to even some countries in the world at the time. Now, all of those men, 25 years later, if you got them in the same room, well, you couldn't do that. Most of them, if not all of them, actually had quite horrific endings to their lives and their careers. I want to share this with you with a reason. So the president of the largest steel company was Charles Schwab. I hope I said that right. He died actually bankrupt. So we often hear his story told about some of the things that he designed in the processes. 
but he actually ended up bankrupt at the end of his life. The president of the largest utility company, that was a guy called Samuel Insull, I hope I've said that right, he again lost all his money when he died. The president of the largest gas company, which was Howard Hobson, he suffered a mental breakdown and he ended up in an insane asylum. The president of the New York Stock Exchange at the time, which was Richard Whitney, he had just been released from prison, um, and I believe that he was released from prison so that he could die at home. The wheat speculator was a guy called Arthur Cutton, and he died without any money penniless as well. The member of the cabinet, President Harding's cabinet, he was Albert Fall. He had been given a pardon for prison so that he could die from at home as well. And three of the men in that room also took their own lives. So looking at that table of men who had the most power, the most wealth, we might characterise they would have a lot of wisdom, perhaps, certainly a lot of knowledge. It's interesting, actually, when we jump forward 25 years later and saw that a lot of them maybe didn't have the lifetime of success that we thought they would have. And so why do I want to share this with you? I want to share it with you as a powerful reminder of being very selective and careful about who you believe has wisdom in this world to copy. So my background teaching about money and you know investments, I could have looked at that meeting and gone, wow, they must have a lot of wisdom, truths that are going to be timeless. Where actually it wasn't about how much money or how much power they had. There was some fundamental wisdom in their life that obviously wasn't serving them that ended up being that they, they lost a lot of, we would see as being actually the true benefits in life. And so as we close up this podcast, I want to ask you to challenge yourself now. What are the areas that you're lacking wisdom in or feel that you're lacking wisdom in? And what out of the different ways I've, I've kind of explained how to, to gain wisdom and discernment over what you're reading and listening to, what are some of the things you could further explore? And you think, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to try and build up the muscles. I'm going to, you know, think about, you know, decipher between what I'm thinking and my emotions, what's working in my favor and what's not. I'm going to look to what I'm taking as values or truth in my life. I'm also going to be more courageous and do things and know that I've got wisdom I want you to really think about that in the coming week and I'd love to know in the comments if this has meant something to you or if you've had any insight that you're going to carry forward and I agree completely we definitely need to be considered as to whose wisdom we look at because if you look through a narrow lens at various people and the people you mentioned mm. if you look at them through the narrow lens then at one point in time we think they, they were doing everything. great things but without looking at the full spectrum of things and understanding a little bit more about an individual, we don't know how armed they are with information. Mm -hmm. So I could show you somebody that's got millions and millions of pounds in the bank. And a lot of people could say, right, well, they must be wise. They've got wisdom. I'll follow what they're doing and, and be inspired by them. But if I told you that it was someone that just happened to win the lottery today, mm -hmm. then suddenly you'd have less faith in their financial abilities, their ability to earn and accumulate wealth over the course of time. And you think, well, hold on, that was just a shot in the dark. And we don't know about these people, like we haven't studied any of them to really know whether they happen to be people that were really changing industries and doing mm. well or right place at the right time yeah, yeah. and had a lot of luck, but weren't able to apply those things to broader spectrums. So that's why when you're taking wisdom from anybody, Make sure that you, you're understanding slightly more about the full package. Don't look at the bank balance of someone. Don't look at someone's followers yep. and yep. say, well, they've got a ton of followers, so they must be doing well. They might have a ton of followers because they happen to do something particularly controversial and that got in the news and it gave them a massive spike of things. Mm. 
but actually two years down the line no one cares yeah you can easily look through a narrow lens at a short period of time and you can see the quality and success and therefore whatever wisdom there must have been in that to create it when when you look at the broader picture actually there's a lot less to support that particular image yeah so we've always got to be very mindful and very considered and use our own wisdom to say what is it that we're going to take on board and how full is that picture absolutely that's great thank you so much for sharing that so i hope today's episode i hope it's been really you know insightful for you i hope it has been wisdom and also giving you some very clear things that you can apply in your life I really know that the developing of this skill of discernment and wisdom is the secret sauce for everything you do. It's the way to get clarity about your life, what you're doing right now. And uh, as I say, like, trust the process. Did Adele say this? Trust the process. I think a lot of people said that. (laughs) Trust the process. Go with your gut. And it's Friday. It's not Friday today if you're listening, but, you know, trust the process and go with your gut. So thank you so much for listening and watching to the Prosperity Project podcast today. It has been a joy to talk to you. And um, if you fancy watching any more of our episodes that are on the Mama Fur Fur channel, you can also listen to the back catalogue as well. We're on uh, iTunes and Spotify and all that. We're on everything. <laughs> everything that's available. You're looking on... at me funny there. We're on yeah. everything, aren't we're we? We're on all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Anywhere that you get podcasts, Have we're a there. Listen. Google. And we have 90 previous no. episodes to listen to. Is this 91? This is episode 91. Wow. So we have 90 previous episodes. So if you're catching this on the Mum Fofo channel and you've not listened to the previous episode, yep. so we had probably about 60 or 70 yep. Yep, prior like to being on the Mum Fofo channel. So you've got stuff to listen to where you're cleaning the house, you're on a commute, you just want some peace from the kids, <laughs> whatever it is. You could listen to us. Exactly. We've got tons of information for it. It's wonderful. That'd be amazing. So yeah, do check out another episode if you've been inspired or pass this on to somebody you love if you think they could get a little bit of insight from it as well. Thank you so much for watching and listening to us today. We'll speak to you very soon.